Hello everybody, and Kia Ora. Um, today we will be talking uh, about the outcomes uh, of an Austro's research project which was conducted to monitor the performance of sprayed seal trial sites uh, at Kuba Pedi in South Australia and Kuma uh, in New South Wales. My name is Ekaterina, I'm a communications um, officer at Austro's and I will be moderating today's session. First of all, um, I would like to acknowledge the Australian Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people as the custodians of the land from which we are broadcasting today. I pay my respect to Elders past, present and emerging. I also acknowledge the Treaty of Waitani and Maori as the regional people of New Zealand. A little bit about Austroads. Uh, we are the collective of uh, Australasian transport and traffic agencies, and our focus is to support our member organizations to deliver an improved road transport network. The project uh, that we are focusing on today was delivered under the Transport Infrastructure Program, which is managed by Rose Garpi. Um, a little bit of housekeeping as usual. Um, so our presenters will speak for 40 minutes and then we will have a Q&A session for 15 minutes. The reports uh, today's session is based on and the presentation slides can be downloaded from your uh, handout section, um, which you can find on the right-hand side um, of your screen. There's also a question section there, so please use it to send us your questions um, at any time during the webinar. If you could note the slide number that your question relates to, it would be very helpful for us to answer your question as best um, as we can. You can also use that question box uh, if you have any technical problems. Uh, we've got Elena Gardner with us um, to help out with uh, those things behind the scenes. So just let Elena know. Um, but a quick tip, if you lose sound or your picture freezes, the issue is most likely with your connection. So leaving the webinar, closing your browser and rejoining the session again via your registration link usually helps. Um, this session is being recorded uh, and we will let you know when it's available on our website um, and you can also listen to it um, in your podcast app. And it gives me great pleasure um, to introduce our presenters for today, uh, Jan Choi and Steve Patrick. Um, Jan Choi is a senior technology leader uh, at the Australian Road Research Board. Um, Jan has contributed to numerous Austroats research, uh, research projects um, on bituminous binders over the last 15 years. These include the development of long-term aging tests for sprayed seal binders and performance-based uh, specifications for binders, cramped rubber binders and warm uh, mix asphalt technologies. Um, he has co-authored 25 Austroads technical and uh, research reports on these topics. Steve is a senior technology leader in ARP's future transport infrastructure team uh, with a focus on bituminous surfacings. Steve holds a Master of Payment Technology and has over 15 years of uh, industry experience. At ARP, Steve has been involved with research activities for the design and application of uh, sprayed seals, bitumen um, spray calibration, field testing, and the preparation of guidelines and standards. Um, welcome to you both, and I uh, will now hand over to Young. Hello, everyone. Young Choi here. Okay, yeah, um, I was a project leader of this interesting project, and uh, it's an honor to give um, a webinar on the project. Um, we'll start the session with the project background and aim. Okay, let me introduce the team first. Um, the project was uh, managed by uh, John Enoff of DOT Victoria, 
and the technical lead was uh, myself uh, and my colleague Steve Patrick. The um, review team uh, was the, um, the main review team was Ostros between a surfacing technical group, and then uh, it was uh, again uh, reviewed by Ostros Pavement Task Force. Ostros technical group uh, included a number of SRA state road agency uh, people. Um, representing different regions, including New Zealand, and also involved uh, industry members representing um, different regions um, and uh, different companies across Australia. Give a, to give a project background, um, flexible granular pavements protected by spread seal surfacings are the backbone of the Australian and New Zealand road network. So road agencies have uh, focused on producing quality, long-lasting spread surfacings for obvious reasons. Uh, and a major procurement area involved in this construction work is bituminous binder, which is worth of over $600 million uh, annually. As a means to ensure the use of performing products, Australia has developed a national specification for polymer modified binders, shortly PMBs. Uh, the document is called ATS 3110, but this was um, formerly known as AGPT T190. So um, this specification system, for obvious reasons, um, must be robust and performance-based. So for this reason, uh, Ostros have been supporting numerous research projects in, uh, in relation to this, this specification, uh, in particular, the, um, to develop performance-based test methods for PMBs. A landmark investment made in this purpose was the spread seal trial sites at Kuba PD and Kuma, uh, one in South Australia and New South Wales, respectively. Uh, these sites were constructed back in 2011 to uh, early 2012, uh, led by uh, Ostros uh, with significant local road agency and industry support. These trial sites were established to evaluate the relative performance of seals constructed using various grades of PMBs. The idea was that, uh, okay, we monitor how these seals and binder perform over time in the field, and so we'll collate uh, field-related information, na uh, namely performance information about the current and future PMB grades of ATS um, 3115. Um, uh, it's an important national investment in terms of research. So a number of Ostros projects have been set up to support the construction and ongoing performance monitoring work. And this project, the, the, the subject of um, this webinar is the, was the latest project covering the later four years um, from 2016 to 20. Main tasks included um, expert team inspections uh, and from the um, information collected from, collected from the site, uh, we investigated um, um, surface texture depths uh, in relation to the new, uh, propo newly proposed um, seal uh, voice parameter, which is a very important design factor for seal design. And we also investigated a comprehensive rheological and chemical investigation into the aging performance of trial binders. 
Okay. Uh, the webinar will provide some summary of the um, findings, uh, but uh, obviously with the time limit, we can only give you uh, so, so much information. So more detailed information uh, could be uh, found in uh, two technical reports which were published under this project, one last year, one this year. So please um, visit OSTRO's website and download the documents for your own information. Let's move on to the um, trial site and performance inspection, and I will hand over to my colleague, Steve Petri. Thank you, Ian. Hello, my name is Steve Petri, and I'm here today to give you a bit of background about the trial sites and why we selected them, and the performance inspections that we have been carrying out on the site since they were constructed. As Ian has mentioned, there are two sites in the PMB trials that were established, one in Coober PD in South Australia and one in Coober in New South Wales. The most important difference between the two sites is the climate. As you can see on the screen, Coober PD is pretty much in the centre of Australia, in the middle of the desert. There's a hot and very arid climate. Coober in New South Wales is a more cold and wet climate. Coober is a bit below Canberra and a little north of the New South Wales snowfields. This gives us the opportunity to assess the performance of PMB sales under completely different uh, climate and ageing properties. Uh, also, the sites feature quite different traffic loads. Cooper PD is it's pretty much in the middle of nowhere, and it's a very low traffic with but with a very with a high percentage of very large heavy vehicles. Kuma, on the other hand, is a much higher traffic level with less heavy vehicles and smaller heavy vehicles at that. The site constructions were completed in 2000, late 2011 in Kuma Piti and early 2012 in Kuma. The existing surfaces were sprayed seals and they had extensive cracking, which was ideal to test performance of new seals. The sites were split into subsections for the different binders. The purpose of the trials was to uh, check, well, the, one of the purposes for the trials was to check the, for the performance of the binders and how they can mitigate against crack reflection. Seals were placed to strain alleviating membranes and uh, in Cooper PD, the binders that were put down included a C170 bitumen as a control. The Austroid spray sealing grade PMBs and a couple of proprietary PMBs. On the Kuma side, again, we had C170 bitumen as a control, the sprayed sealing grade PMBs, and uh, a couple of proprietary emulsion binders that were also PMBs. The information and construction, seal design and binder products are provided in Austro's report AP253, so it's a bit more reading for you after the webinar if you would like to. Site inspections have been conducted very regularly uh, on the, since uh, they were established. The expert inspection teams comprising of state road authorities, the Australian Asphalt Pavement Association, APA, and Australian Road Research Board, or ARB members, um, have been doing these inspections. This project has included the six-year inspection of Cooper PD and Cooper sites that were conducted in October of 2017, and it also included an eight-year inspection of Cooper PD site in 2019. The inspection work included visual inspections, recording of sand patch texture depth, and collecting of samples 
uh, of the age binders so they can be analyzed in the laboratory. Young will be telling you a bit more about that afterwards. At the Cooper PD site, the performance has remained consistent throughout the eight years of service so far. The condition throughout the site is generally good. There is minimal cracking developing in some locations, but as the binder is aging, this cracking is expected to progress more rapidly. There has been some minor pavement, excuse me, there have been some minor pavement failures in some locations and which has led to some patched areas throughout the site, but nothing that has really impeded the trial or our ability to continue to make assessments with it. Kuma, on the other hand, the trial cells performed well in some instances. However, several sections of the trial site had areas of um, severe aggregate stripping. The emulsion seals overall performed the best, and it is suspected this was possibly due to the enhanced initial wetting characteristics or the uh, binder sticking to those binders better initially than the others. Significant cracks reflected throughout the site from the cement stabilised pavement. And due to this and some other distress on the site, the entire site was resealed shortly after the 2017 inspections. The result of this is the site is not available for any further studies. However, the site did provide field performance information for about six years. Now, just a further reminder, uh, if you would like to submit us any questions, you can do that at any time by clicking on the question box as indicated on the screen now and uh, send them through and we will answer them in a Q&A session at the end of the hour. <clears throat> now, one of the value-added parts that we uh, add, we embarked on with the data that we've been gener generating from this trial is a review of the surface texture depth and the new and a new seal voids parameter. Now, surface texture depth measurements have been conducted throughout the trial by the Austroad sand patch method. Now, this provides some information on the change of texture depth on sprayed seals over time. Now, the sprayed seals do change over time, especially initially as the aggregate reorientates into its final position, and uh, which results in a change in the texture. The graph that you can see now on the screen um, is is, that's for the Kuma site, and it uh, tracks the surface texture over time. You can see the blue columns for each section is the initial surface texture, and in pretty much all cases, there is a slow progression of the surface texture down as the seal settles down, it becomes a bit smoother. Now, whilst this is a known performance, it's, it's, it, it's known that spray seals do this. The understanding around this um, isn't completely known, and it's something we were able to investigate. The Austroid now, so the Austroid spray seal design method is an empirically designed, is empirically derived method, which means that the method that is used was extrapolated that was extrapolated from available experimental data that was generated through observations and experiences. So I guess what that really means is that the, the, uh, when the spray seal method was introduced into the Austroads uh, 20 or so years ago, the best examples of our experienced practitioners were collected together and compiled into something that um, was known to work. However, just across the pond, across the ditch and in uh, New Zealand, 
the New Zealand spray seal, um, spray seal design method is based on quantitative measurement of surface texture change under traffic. Uh, with the data that we collected from these trials, the sand patch texture depth data, we were able to investigate whether the changes in the sprayed seal surface texture over time were similar in Australia and New Zealand, and whether the different design methods made a large difference in the performance of the sprayed seals in an ongoing sense. Uh, there's Again, there's quite a lot of reading you can do from the Austroads website, uh, where we generated a new seal points parameter for seal design for Australia, based on the um, New Zealand method. Data from these PM3B trials was compared to the New Zealand case study, and a good fit was established through the Australian and New Zealand data. This indicates a similar change in surface texture when sprayed seals are trafficked in both Australia and New Zealand. You can see the graphs on the screen now. It's uh, along the bottom is a log of the cumulative traffic uh, that's experienced over a sprayed seal, and on the side, on the y-axis, is the seal voids parameter, which is basically an explanation of uh, the, the voids that you, you have in a sprayed seal compared to the space that is filled up and uh, aligned with the size of the aggregate you're putting down. It's basically a measure to figure out how much bitumen you want to put down when you're doing a sprayed seal design. The, uh, the crosses that you can see on the screen are the original data from the New Zealand study that was used to generate their um, sprayed seal design method. And the coloured dots are the data that we have collected throughout this PMD trial um, as, you, um, as it has aged. And we did find that the, uh, the data that we collected demonstrates good potential for adoption of an updated seal voids parameter in Australia. Or I guess another way to put it is the empirical method that we have matches quite well with the quantitative uh, method that is used in New Zealand. And it could be considered that uh, an update to a experimentally based quantitative method is on the cards. Anyway, that's some um, food for thought. And now I am uh, happy to hand back over to Young, who is going to take you through the aging properties of some binders. Thank you, Young. Hello, Young Choi again. Um, OK, so let me give you the um, give you a summary on the investigation we conducted for the um, aging properties of binders. Uh, aging performance of binders, right. We all know that the binders in road surfacings experience gradual changes in their properties, uh, namely viscosity over time, uh, which eventually lead to failure of the surfacing. So um, the idea is that, okay, for long-lasting surfacings, we don't want binder that is too susceptible to these changes. We know that we cannot stop this happening, but we still want to have slower changing uh, binder, in the, in, um, which is known as durable binders. Okay. That is one of the one of the important performance criteria, so to speak. Um, however, also PMB specification currently does not include tests that provide information on their aging, uh, their aging resistance. Therefore, we thought that it's a good opportunity to investigate the aging property because the Kubo PD and Kuma site, which is field trial site, is going to provide a very uh, comprehensive information on the, uh, in terms of binder aging in the field. 
uh, we saw that the proper understanding of buying the aging property is the essential and the first step towards developing a robust durability performance test. Okay, so moving on to the aging studies. Um, the start of the process was the collection of unaged binder sample. Um, during the construction of a trial site, uh, samples of different grades of binder were collected from delivery workers prior to spraying. So therefore we collect unaged fresh binder samples, which, which, is still, which are still um, field samples, but we want it to be uh, unaged them. So therefore collected before spraying. After that, uh, we visited the site, uh, visited the site um, uh, in several different times and collected samples of seal surfacings from the from the surfacing, the, uh, which is this shows the uh, coring of the surfacing, and we basically brought the whole core sample of seal to the laboratory and basically uh, you know disintegrated all the seal sample and extracted binder materials uh, for testing. Okay, so this method gave us a series of aged sample, differently aged sample, from zero aging to quite uh, quite a bit aging for each binder. So after we collected the binder sample, we subjected these binders to dynamic shear rheometer, stress ratio test, and Fourier transform infrared spectroscopy test. I will uh, introduce this test uh, in more detail. DSR stress ratio test. Um, let's say um, this test to give rheological property information on rheological properties. Uh, stress ratio test, which is an Ostrich test, um, AGPT T125, provides information on the hardness of binder using the parameter called uh, stress at restraint, as well as the elasticity of binders uh, using a parameter called stress ratio. So basically provides information on um, viscose part of the property and the elastic part of the property. And we all know that binder at certain temperature behave viscoelastic uh, property. So therefore we are covering two spectrum of the property. So we thought this is a good uh, test to investigate the rheological property of binders. Um, focus on the stress ratio, which provides the elastic steel binder is actually a specification test included in the national specification because a comprehensive study conducted previously showed that this property uh, for unaged PMBs could rank their cracking performance at low temperatures around 10 degrees. So the idea was that, okay, we know this works for unaged PMB and therefore this should be the prime candidate for the cracking performance of aged PMB. Because if this works for P uh, aged PMB as well, that means we can use a single test to uh, evaluate performance uh, of uh, binders at very uh, different conditions. That would be an ideal condition. Okay, let's just move on to the results we got from the um, this trial side. Uh, uh, let me start with the stress ratio uh, test results, which provides an information on the changes of elasticity of the binders. The x-axis on the graph is the um, field aging time. Obviously we um, conducted up to, we collected up to eight years of uh, uh, field aging. 
the xy axis is the stress ratio value obtained at 15 degree. Okay, so um, the idea is that the, the higher the stress ratio, the more the elasticity. The other way around, the lower the stress ratio, the less the, um, the elasticity. So understandably, a bitumen, C170 bitumen, which is a known uh, non-elastic viscose material, shows the lowest um, stress ratio value when the binders were all unaged. Uh, compared to this bitumen, modified PMBs using elastomeric modifier uh, gave a higher stress ratio depending on the level of modification. Some are quite elastic, some are less elastic, but the point is that it's all uh, higher than bitumen because uh, we know that it includes elastomeric modifiers. That's the condition uh, when the binders are unaged, but with aging, mind you, this is field aging, you know that the overarch trend is that uh, the stress ratio values are all decreasing. Okay? So in many cases, after eight years of aging, many binders that showed, surely showed higher stress value at the beginning, it became almost um, the same as the, um, um, the, the C170 vitamin, indicating that just purely for elastic property side, it, the bind, the, these PMBs are basically behaving like vitamin after eight years of uh, aging, which is a fair bit of aging actually. But uh, there's one interesting fact here. Uh, one binder, which we know that is, it's quite a highly modified uh, PMB, although it was lower than the initial value, you can see that it's noticeably higher. The stress value, ratio value of this binder was noticeably higher than the other other PMB and bitumen, indicate that maybe this binder is performing better or maybe this binder is more durable with a question mark because we don't know whether that really is the case or not yet. Uh, but uh, we can assume that may be the case because we know the um, elastic binder could be a ductile binder or therefore maybe it's more resistant to cracking with question mark all of this because that's more like a hypothesis at this stage. Okay. Uh, moving on to quick summary of the stress ratio result, including Kuma results. The uh, previous graph was only for the Kuma PD site, but there is a Kuma site result as well, which I didn't present here. Um, stress ratio value of C170 may remain effectively the same, which was um, rather surprising result because we know that uh, the binder behaved quite differently uh, between unaged and the aged condition, but the stress ratio value remained effectively the same. Okay? At, uh, in the meantime, the stress ratio value for PMBs uh, were quite high initially, but that all of those approached the C170 after eight years of aging, okay? although there was some difference depending on the uh, level of modification. Now, that uh, the main finding here is the stress ratio parameter which was a cracking, good cracking performance indicator for unaged binder, does not appear a suitable test for aged binders as hard, we know that, I know, I mean that we know, we expect that harder binders uh, would be more prone to cracking. So, so stress ratio which worked for unaged binder with a question mark with aged binder. Okay, moving on to the other property known as stress at restraint, which gives an indication of binder hardening. Okay, uh, same as the uh, previous graph that x-axis is aging, y-axis is the degree of 
hardening. The higher, obviously, the higher the value, the harder the binder. You can take uh, that uh, in a simple manner like that. Okay. When the binders were unaged, I found it's interesting that the C170 bitumen happened to be right in the middle of all the other PMB. So I thought that this, the reason is that because for PMB, the initial hardness, the hardness when the binders were unaged are due to the manufacturing process, uh, depending on how much you, oil you added in to the um, to produce PMB or what type of uh, base bitumen you used to produce PMB like that. No matter what, uh, the overarching trend upon aging is that in all cases, all binder hardened compared to its unaged conditions, without exception. Okay, but um, you can see that the uh, the C170 binder, which wasn't the hardest um, when it was aged, after eight years of aging in the field. Obviously, C170 became the most, uh, the hardest binder, whereas all the other PMB uh, were relatively softer than C170 bitumen, indicating that maybe PMB is uh, more durable than C170 with a question mark. Um, one more interesting factor, uh, fact I found for PMB was that for some PMBs, you can see that the values, stress ratio values are actually dropping after certain years of uh, aging, indicating that the, um, the more aged binder was softer than its less aged sample, means the binders are becoming so, uh, uh, binders got softened instead of hardened. Um, would that result in uh, a less brittle binder and eventually lead to more, more resistant cracking? Uh, not sure about that, but if uh, the the um, conventional thinking the harder binder will be more prone to cracking is correct, then that may be the case. Okay, a uh, quick summary of the stress at three strain, uh, including Kumar, side, uh, Kumar result. C170 showed the gradual hardening with aging, and it was the hardest after uh, eight, eight or six years of aging. PMBs generally showed uh, gradual hardening, that was the same, but all of them, all of the PMBs were softer. Uh, softer than C170, and uh, some PMBs uh, show the soft, uh, softer behavior than its uh, less aged counterparts. So we thought about this and thought of the reason that as the bitumen in PMBs cannot get softer, it's a sensible assumption that the polymer in PMB got degraded and eventually made the total binder behaving softer than the um, the, um, the aged bitumen. Let's move on to the chemical property investigation. Um, FTI tests provide information on the changes in chemical properties upon aging, particularly the level of bind oxidation. So the graph shown below is an example of FTI test result, which uh, each peak in this graph represents different chemical groups, like some sulfur group and something. Um, the one, the, the peak that is most interesting to us is this one, CO stretch, carbonyl stretch, which provides information on the level of bind oxidation. So I know the FTI uh, test provides much comprehensive information, but for our study, uh, the carbonyl peak value is, was the most interesting and most important um, test result. So focusing on the carbonyl peak value, which gives an indication of bind oxidation. 
the graph also shows the um, the aging field aging versus the the peak the intensity of the carbonyl peak on y-axis. The higher the value, take the higher the value is more oxidized, uh, uh, more oxidation, right? Uh, at the aging, the old um, at, at the un at unaged condition, all the binder shows similar level of almost zero oxidation at the beginning, but uh, without exception, all of binder had uh, more oxidation gradually with time. Okay. Um, the C170 wasn't most oxidized up to a certain reasonably short period of aging, but after further aging, you can see that the C170 became, became the most oxidized, as you see in, on the graph, while the PMBs were less oxidized, um, uh, you know, without exception. And if you look at the individual binder in here, there is a general broad trend that the more uh, more highly modified PMBs tend to have less uh, degree of oxidation after eight years of service. Okay. The, in this case, the S20 SS binder, which is what which was a proprietary PMB binder, but we knew that we know that, that this has a, a high uh, high level of elastic uh, elastomeric modifier in it. So the degree of oxidation may be, um, may be related to the, um, the binder hardening and reduction in elasticity. Overall, um, you know, commonly lead to the, the, the um, make the binder more prone to cracking with a question mark uh, because there's no defined tensor yet. Okay, um, so the um, quick summary on FTIR test results, um, including Kumar results. Um, C170 between showed the gradual increase in carbonyl peak with aging. Uh, PMBs also showed a similar gradual increase, but uh, to a lesser degree than the uh, between after six and eight years. Um, the higher, highest, I mean, generally higher, uh, highly modified PMBs showed um, lesser degree of um, oxidation. Indicating, indicating that then may be more durable if the, the level of oxidation is directly related to performance. Okay. Um, just the overview of the binder aging study um, comprising the uh, rheological study and the chemical uh, tests. The aging of PMBs were influenced by a complex process involving both hardening of the base bitumen and softening of the polymer in the binder. All PMBs hardened at a slower rate than uh, C170 bitumen. Um, some PMBs initially hardened and then became softer over time. Okay. Uh, bitumen, which is much simpler material than uh, PMB, the aging of bitumen was also found to be complex. There is an um, uh, Australian sea life model, uh, which was developed in 1980s after conducting a very comprehensive national field um, studies, uh, focusing on the bitumen material only, right? So we um, used um, the Kuopid and Kuma information to see whether that uh, cell life model for bitumen will work for the bitumen placed in this trial site. Uh, and the, the finding was that uh, for the case of Kuopid site, the C170, the, the model could not predict the hardening of 
C170 placed at the Kubo-PD site. So that means um, even for simple bitumen uh, material, we don't have a full understanding of aging. The result of the study indicate that simple rheological chemical characterization tests do not appear suitable for ranking the cracking performance of aged binders, um, which means that maybe more complex rheological tests, something that may uh, involve repeated rolling tests, uh, which, was, which were not trialed in this project, appear to be needed to develop a durability performance test for PMBs in the um, Ostro's PMB specification. Okay, uh, moving on to the summary, which is the last slide of the, um, this webinar. Um, Ostro's PMB trial sites were established for national research purposes. The Akuma site um, provided six years of field performance information before uh, it was received. The Kuba PD site has provided eight years of field performance information, but the, um, the trial site, uh, section is all performing, all similarly performing quite good, uh, and therefore no performance difference between um, different sections. And um, it also is not in, in the status that, that will be able to provide the end of life uh, uh, information at this stage. So therefore, we think we thought that further monitoring of Kuba PD is needed to observe the performance difference from the various trial, various different trial sections. Um, an investigation into the long-term performance of trial series and binders were conducted. Uh, one was the um, investigation on UCL voice design parameter, uh, which utilized the um, surface texture data collected from the trial site. The other one was in-depth studies on binder aging, which were conducted utilizing samples of the um, trial binders collected from the site. Main research findings um, were um, aging of binder is an extremely complex process. Uh, yeah, we gained some knowledge, but um, it's like uh, we gained the knowledges, but also that raised the questions to our understanding, our existing understanding uh, in terms of the aging of binder itself. Yeah. Um, so therefore, uh, further in-depth studies appear to be required in order to develop uh, a durability performance test for PMBs in the um, Osho's PMB specification. Okay, uh, I think uh, we can move on to the um, question sessions. Thanks so much, Young. I'm just going to pull control back to myself. All right, I hope everyone can see my screen. Yeah, perfect. Well, um, thanks so much, um, Jan and uh, Steve, for a very interesting presentation. And we have a number of questions um, from our audience. Um, and I will start with uh, this question. Just give me one second to organize everything. So um, one of our participants is asking, um, different solvents um, such as TCE and toluenol interact differently with polymers in the bitumen. Also, it is well documented that physical hardening uh, aging happens during binder extraction and uh, recovery with, with solvents. So how were these aspects uh, affected uh, in the DCR and FDIR 
uh, analysis when calculating aging indices. If you need me to repeat the question, I can do that. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I understood the question. Yeah, that's a very pinpoint, a very good uh, question, actually. Um, the 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 binder extraction process we used is an Ostro's uh, um, test method method, um, which was um, developed um, some quite a lot, quite a long time ago. But that was developed um, with a very comprehensive study um, to minimize the um, aging effect during the process. Um, I don't think there was actually a very um, like a specific comparison study conducted or something compared to the other existing uh, used uh, in other part of the world. Some there mm -hmm. are some ASTM method things like that. But the uh, it's a it's under my understanding is that the those tools test method we used is probably the most robust and uh, causing least amount of change during the during the process. Yeah. Well, that's a that's a subject for for the study. I I, I have to agree. But um, if you ask me to choose among different uh, extraction methods, the one we chose is the safest and most robust one. That's that's what I can answer clearly. Yeah. Thank you, Jan. Um, another question. So why do we want to use texture as one of the key parameters in the review, given the fact that uh, Cuba Pedi um, has way less rains than New Zealand or Australian um, coastal lines? Uh, the texture is just a key parameter to spray sales and it's a direct contributor, especially to skid resistance. Um, and yeah, I, I guess the yeah, it's it's a it's, it's a hard study to go into quickly, but um, I guess the results that we found, um, just adding weight to like a desktop analysis of um, in comparison, and just it's 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 a process in further understanding um, the Austro sprayed seal design, and um, you know if we can move from the old empirical model to a more uh, uh, experimentally derived, but um, I guess the the data that we showed you as well, it had data on there from both the the Kuma site and the um, Kuma PD site, and um, I think with the work that we've done on that, we're relatively confident that if we applied that at other sites in Australia, it would stand as well. Um, and there are complications as well once you start getting into multiple layer seals, but. Um, it, it did provide some quite interesting information and a, a way to understand how texture changes over time and I guess ultimately perhaps get down to a low texture level that might um, want intervention, but I hope that answers the question. Thanks, Steve. Um, I'm going to take us to slide 29. Um, and the question here, so what method of uh, binder extraction was used um, for the test section seals? Okay, so um, that one was a similar question to the first one. Um, yeah, the, there is also method um, extraction method. Um, I forgot. Sorry, I forgot the uh, test method number. Uh, I can uh, provide that number uh, to a specific uh, the question uh, specific audience um, if if required. Um, but uh, it's an also find the extraction method utilizing. Um, Torian uh, and the RTFT open to, to, to evaporate the solvent. So it's a. Thunder noise. Sorry? I thunder noise again as well. 
on the carbon. Oh, yeah, yeah, that, that's right. Yeah, to, to, to minimize the uh, to, to remove or minimize or get rid of the um, uh, oxidation effect, which can happen during the heating of the binder, we, we it also use nitrogen you know, to make the um, inert, inert atmosphere. It's a fairly um, well developed um, test method. All right, I'm going to take us uh, to the next question uh, that relates to slide 32, 33, and 34. So I'll just uh, start with um, 32. Um, so can you please, uh, can details of these binders be shared? Um, mm -hmm. The S2OESS, what was the mix design and how much extra did this add to the cost? The, um, the PMB, the blend blend details of the PMBs. Yeah, I think it's important. These are we're all talking about spray seals here, not asphalt mixes. And um, that's the right. uh, yeah. yeah, so uh, that's right. Yeah, so the, these are, we are talking about spread seals. Um, there is, uh, sorry, we are talking about binders for spread seal, which does not have a mix, mix design or anything. But I assume that um, the, the question was about the blend of the composition of the PMB Right. If that is right, um, the in the uh, in the, um, so the the name of binders shown in the uh, the slide, the the ones without the uh, you know the stomach are formal osteos uh, grade, which include which is in, which are included in the um, the current um, osteos national specification ATS three one one five. Though the numbers, um, I mean, uh, the, the manufacturers normally don't provide the percentage of um, polymer added in there, but the, there is a historical uh, information that uh, each of grade has, you know, so much, so much, so uh, polymer modified, uh, polymer modifiers included. Yeah. So if that is the, what the question was about, um, the I can, uh, yeah, I mean, the, you, you can look at the, sorry, you can look at the technical report, which provides information on each grade. So you can use that as an information for the, the, the blending, uh, how, how each of the binder were blended. Yeah, I think okay. I, I'll just add that there's a construction report on the Australia's website that basically covers all the information that we can share about the binders that we used in the trial. And I think that was, um, uh, we can help you locate that um, after, session but yeah all the information that can be shared about the binders is in the reports on the Australia's website. Uh, while we are um, at, at these I'm just gonna share my screen and show everyone where to find all the test methods and specifications on our website. So basically, guys, just go to Ostrot's uh, website and under the publications section, um, if you select test methods and specifications in the subject area, uh, the first document that pops up will be Ostrot's test methods and specifications. So this document provides uh, a hyperlink uh, list of uh, all Australia's test methods um, and specifications. So just uh, download it um, and use it if you need. Just going to go back to my presentation. Um, okay, next uh, question. So um, one of our participants uh, from this presentation understood that a strong correlation between uh, rheological properties um, or chemical uh, characterization and cracking was not established. 
Um, so uh, he's asking, could it be that perhaps after 15 years of performance, this correlation will show? I think so. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, that's why uh, the um, you know, um, yeah. That that's why we, um, we I said um, uh, the presentation uh, said several times that we need further monitoring, ongoing monitoring of the Kubo PD site. So therefore, mm -hmm. we can correlate the how this property changes even to our even further aging. Yeah, that's right. So I, I assume I expect that with further study. Uh, we will have much better understanding than what it is. And I mean, the current finding, which is uh, which was presented during this presentation, it also includes quite surprising and very fresh information uh, in terms of understanding the uh, aging behavior. But uh, with further, further study, uh, I believe, I firmly believe uh, we will have probably the best understanding in terms of degree of uh, aging and its effect on performance. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah the, the question, Simple answer to that question is yes. Yeah. We yep. are moving towards a critical stage of the spray seal life as we understand it at the moment. So yeah, we um, we, we are quite interested to see what happens at the site in the next few years, that's for sure. Um, speaking of aging, so what are the differences in aging for different initial viscosity of, uh, of a binder? What are the initial... Could you what repeat are the that? differences? Yeah, what are the differences in aging with yeah. different uh, initial viscosity of a binder. Different initial viscosity binder. Um, change in elasticity, uh, which is the previous slide, which is the, um, so, uh, could you go to the um, slide 32? Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. So the, um, the one uh, we just looked at, which was stress at three strain, was the indication of hardening, which I mean is very closely related to viscosity. That's correct, but the stress ratio test also provides the information on the change in elasticity, which is the um, which is probably the um, one of the most important benefit of, of of this test compared to other existing biological tests. Yeah. So um, at the beginning, the um, you can have a different range of stress ratio value representing different degree of elasticity, which as you can see, changes noticeably upon aging. So combining this and uh, the hardening, viscosity hardening, uh, I believe I will give uh, us much more better understanding of the um, how the binder would behave. Thanks so much, Jan and Steve. Uh, was great presentation, very interesting Q&A. Um, so before before we wrap up, um, just a few words on uh, the sessions that we have scheduled uh, in the future. So we have three sessions left uh, this year and one session already scheduled for next year. So the session on the 16th of December may be of a particular interest to um, all of you. Um, it will provide a detailed examination of the development and application of a new design method for lightly uh, bound cemented materials in flexible pavements. So visit our website to register. Um, so thanks again to everyone. Um, we hope the session was informative and uh, useful for your work. Um, after we close out today's session, a questionnaire will pop up on your screen. So please take a couple of minutes um, to send us your feedback. It really helps us to know what you liked or didn't like um, and what suggestions you have for our future webinars. So thanks again, um, stay well and safe and enjoy the rest of your day and see you next time.